What's up, guys? Welcome to the Rob Bailey Show. Um, let's go over some sponsors real quick, and then I'll get to our really exciting guest. So sponsors today are DLB Daily, um, which is my wife. Uh, she is uh, former Miss Olympia. What is that noise, man? We got some, we got like a street cleaner truck outside. Uh, former Miss Olympian, one of the top females in the fitness industry, and built like a fucking freak. Sorry about my profanity there. Um, I'm sorry, but she's just, she's a monster. Um, and what she's done is she's taken all of her knowledge, all of her different training pedigrees, everyone she's trained with, and she's now writing daily workouts for everyone. So she, she's putting out so much good content. It's only $7 a month. Now that I'm done running, I think I'm going to start doing her workouts. Uh, and here she is. She walked into the room in the middle of me recording the intro, and now she's frozen as I look at her. Like, you remember the ghosts on Mario Brothers? When you looked at them, they just froze, and then you look away and they move. I have a feeling she's going to do that. But anyway, it's only $7 a month. Super great deal. She puts out tons of free content, tons of information. Um, it's a new workout every single day. It's really, really cool. It's, I think, what I'm moving my training to now that I'm done running. Also brought to you by RunEverythingLabs.com. That's our supplement line with the world-famous Onward. So Onward is our best-selling product. I still believe it's our best product. It's the first product we ever launched. Pretty much something clean that replaces energy drinks. We were getting super tired, and we were getting run down, and I need to focus and be in a good mood. So uh, I talked to my friend, and I was like, hey, man, I wish there was a product. I was actually sitting talking to uh, Evan Cetrapani, uh in our old warehouse, and I was like, man, if there's just one thing, I wish that it was like an Adderall, an emergency packet, a Red Bull, some coffee, and then something that put me in a good mood. And we were like, yo, you could actually like – that's, that's a product you can make. You could, you know, there's, there's nootropics out there that, that, that help you focus and put you in a better mood. You can do different blends of caffeine to sort of pick you up a little bit. You can put a multivitamin in there, and then you can also do some immune-supporting things. And I was like, oh, my God, you could make that. So we made it. It's called Onward, and it's, it's awesome. See, I, I was going to curse, but – and it's awesome. So that product is something that's near and dear to my heart. Um, what else is our sponsors? Flagnorfail.com, um, <clears throat> our apparel line, uh, started 10 years ago uh, in my garage, screen printing t-shirts, and has grown to something else. And it's a really beautiful thing now. We got a, a full, fantastic team. We're doing cut and sew. We're designing from the ground up, picking fabrics, stitches, everything, testing for months, and then putting out some really dope stuff. Flagnorfail.com, no surrender, no defeat. Also sponsored by my music, which if this releases Wednesday, Monday, I have a remix song coming out. So it's the Unstoppable Remix. Uh, works with some guys called Cake Knife. Going to be super dope. Uh, that'll come out Monday at midnight. So if you're listening to this a little bit late, it might already be out. Put it on your playlist. Listen to it. Download it. Steal it. Whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter. Anyway, today's guest is Isaac Johnston, um, local dude here in Montana, another Montana guy who just impresses the shit about me, impresses the shit out of me. Um, I, I, I don't want to say he's an adventure photographer. Uh, he's a freelance adventure content creator, and he's really a dude that just 
figures out how to do things and does it and makes a living doing it. And he only does things he wants to do. And he's a blast to watch online. Um, I think he says he doesn't have the biggest following, which is true. There's dudes out there with way bigger followings than him. But everyone always loses my attention span. So I'll follow those pages with photographers that have, you know, five million things. And they're always like in Dubai with their feet hanging off a building or something like that. And you're like, wow, this photo is so cool. I'm going to make it my desktop. And, you know, six months later, I'm like, all right, man, I, I'm just sort of over this. Like, I don't know. Like, but Isaac's someone who just every time he posts, there's not many people like this, but every time he posts and every time he has a story, that little circle on Instagram comes up or he posts a YouTube video, I actually get excited. And I'm like, oh man, I can't wait to see what he's posting or what adventure he's on. And his attitude is phenomenal. Um, we have a really great conversation. Once again, just like my, some of my other podcasts, I just let him take the lead, dude. He's super interesting. Um, and he's actually creating a lot of stuff that's uh, to help people out. Um, if you're from the fitness industry and you're an athlete or you're looking for sponsorships or anything like that, just relate what he's saying to you and you'll get huge benefit. Anyway, here we go. Three, two, one, go. What is this without progress? What is this without pride? Empty shell of a kingdom, this sword stuck in my side. Only the crowd has loyalty, and I live in the sky. Knives and arrows in my bag, and death waits outside. As long as... Do like a microphone test. Check, test. I talk oh, yeah, cool. really loud. We're so. awesome then. You do the cool. same as me. I keep it set up, and I have to adjust it for people, but... Cool. Yeah. So you had how many goats? 20, 27 goats growing up. That's too many goats. Yeah. I mean, of the family, we, I don't know why, but my parents, they didn't want to do cattle. We only had five acres. Okay. Um, and my dad had this rule that, that whatever animals we had on the farm had to be productive. Okay. So, yeah. So we, we had goats and we would do the, 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 the milk. We would milk them mm -hmm. and then sell the milk for like to hypoallergenic people. Cause back then like goat's milk was not didn't have like the whole foods cachet yeah. that it has yeah. now. It was weird. Yeah. We were homeschooled. We were like right on the fringe of being weird, but I never wanted to hang out with other homeschoolers or. Okay. Like, you don't come across as a homeschooler. No. Nah, well, you know, I've yeah, met a few, I've met a few locally and I've always been like, huh, they seem a little. Well, homeschooling now is not super weird. Yeah. Like I homeschool my kids and they're pretty well, well I think like it's adjusted. A diff yeah. It's different than it was when I was a kid. But when I was a kid, it was either you were religious or you were like a doomsday prepper type of person. Yeah. Your your mom wore a denim skirt, a denim shirt, and <laughs> that a, she made, and and some sort of like denim uh -huh. like something to help her pull her ponytail back. You know, yeah. all that she made. Of course, how else would you make your denim? But like, now it's different. <laughs> yeah, but now it's like you can be homeschool and be your only intent can be to give your kids a good education and protect their innocence for a little bit longer than public school. Like that's our intent. Yeah. But as soon as like if my wife is over it, if we were not. Uh, happy with the education that the girls were receiving. Like we're pretty, you know, looking at it like we just want the education. Where's age-wise? Eight and six. Okay. Yeah. I feel like your kids have. So I don't have kids, and there's like a few people out there that I see stuff. And I'm like, man, I should, I should have kids. And you're one of them. <laughs> well, like I'm like, that. wow, man, look at this little treehouse thing. I don't look want to toot like, my own horn, but a couple of people have said that, and yeah. I think, uh, I, I think it's mostly out. It, like people who know me close, like good friends, it's still like an outside observation. Having mm -hmm. kids is uh, life-changing, 
no parents will tell you it sucks because mm-hmm. it totally sucks at first, especially as a dad. I've heard a lot of people say it sucks. So like, I feel like there's people who tell you it sucks, but they never tell you it's good. And then there's people who tell you it's going to change your life. It's going to be the best thing that ever happened to you. And they never tell you it sucks. Like okay. I love it so much now, but like the first couple of years, man, the kid only wants mom. Yeah. And it's just a really, basically as a dude who does a lot, it is a massive pause in your life Yeah. for the first couple of years. Yeah. And for me, like I do a lot, I'm not probably not as much as you, but it was really hard for me to be patient with that period of my life. I believe uh, it. Yeah. And I was also like, but I came, nobody said it sucked back then, or at least I, nobody around me. And then they would, dude, I was so surprised when people were telling me like, it's going to change your life. It's going to be the best thing ever. And I was like looking around, like, why did nobody tell me that these things never sleep? And then I'm going to be angry all the time because <laughs> I'm like, so to- totally like just wiped from never sleeping. And I'm going to just like, my mental state is going to break down to the point where I'm going to wonder if I'm valuable as a person. Why did nobody ever tell me that that huh. happens? Oh, it's like, it's like, it's a surprise. The most like mentally challenging lot, thing I've ever done. I've had, to, I just, I mostly come in contact with two people. The one person says it's the greatest thing ever. Um, you're, you love it. You'll never love anything as much, but it's going to ruin your life. It's like, yeah. wow, that's a weird thing yeah. to say. Yeah. Or that's a good, that's somebody a good else is like, I don't know. It's not really that hard. You know, it depends on the kid you get. To. Yeah. So yeah, like yeah. my first daughter, um, she's eight now, but when she, for the first year and a half, no sleep, nothing. Second daughter slept all the time. Easy hmm. peasy. Um, you know, and then, and then my older daughter, once she was like two, no terrible twos, easy peasy, been the greatest kid ever, you know, just like a kind of a rule follower by nature, just a really good kid. You just trust her with your life. My youngest kid, she, you know, man, she's just like, if trouble is possible, she's going to get trouble. I like that. And just, just that she, there's two things that I believe about her. One, she's just so curious and always has to be doing things similar to me has to be doing stuff. And the second is that she has such a, um, innate belief that we love her so much that she knows no matter how bad she screws up, we're still going to love her. <laughs> she's willing to always do things. She knows are trouble. Yeah. Take always. a risk. Yeah. Always. Huh? So she, she's just like, now she's getting, she's six now she's less trouble, but like from two to five, man, it was like, if there was like something that was going to get broken or get messed up or something, she was yeah. just going to get in that trouble. But I love that about her too. I like that. Yeah. I want to know. So I guess so my fan base probably doesn't know anything about you. No. At, at all, I would I would say comfortably. Yeah, They're like, okay, I don't know who this guy there's is. There's not a lot of overlap. <laughs> no, I don't think there's much overlap. There might be. There's maybe a little bit more now, but uh, locally, people are starting to somewhat be like, oh, you're that Rob Bailey guy. And I'm like, yeah. eh, I hope. I wonder what you think of me. Um, but so you're, do, I guess, should I explain you from my perspective, and then you sure. can correct me. I yeah. like that game. So you're a. You're turning into more of like a content creator. So like when I originally found you out, I was like, oh, he's a photographer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he's a photographer that travels. He does a little bit of modeling. Um, and that just sort of seems like what you did. Mm-hmm. And now it sort of seems like you're you're transforming into like this content creator, um, f- like a freelance content creator, right? Yeah. Is that generally or am I missing things? No, I think that's it. I mean, for me, the medium has always been, I've very been, I, I got into this you know, from a business perspective back mm-hmm. in the day. So uh, I guess I'll just start at the beginning then. Um, so I was uh, like the GM of a vacation rental company here in this area, in the Flathead Valley. Um, and we did really, really well for like how, how small this area mm-hmm. was. 
Um, but I started using uh, social media influencers to basically market my business, having them come stay, you know, giving them places to stay, giving them stories to tell, mm -hmm. um, things like that. And I jumped over to uh, making photos because um, a photographer friend of mine, really close friend now, um, Alex Stroll, I met him, was working with him and started, you know, just taking him places that he couldn't go if you're just like coming in, you're like going to the dock at Lake McDonald yeah. and Glacier, right? Like yep. that's your base. And I was like, no, 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 let's go do cooler shit. Yeah. And so he liked that a lot. And at the time he was um, just a photographer. He didn't have a full team yet. And he got two massive jobs um, for Canon and Land Rover, one year projects with them, multiple videos, multiple, you know, um, photo essays, all sorts of things. And he's like, dude, I can't do this logistics. You're a logistics guy. You're always taking me on these trips. Why don't you come help me? And I was like, no, <laughs> like, I'm not going to go. I'm like running my own shop here. Yeah. I'm not going to go work for you on like a freelance basis. Uh, I have no idea where that's going to lead. And that's not even my expertise. I'm like, I'm a, like a hospitality manager. Like mm -hmm. I, this is a $1.6 million business I'm running. You want me to come like yeah. do logistics for you? Yeah. For a but, guy who takes photos. Like yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> like no, but he's very persuasive and the lifestyle was what kind of attracted me. Mm -hmm. So, um, we decided to basically go for it. Long story short, we, my wife and I, uh, we had, our daughters were two and just about to turn three and five at the time. And okay. we, we kind of, uh, took the leap two and four and then turned five on our first trip to Alaska with Alex. Um, and so through that, I learned how to take photos. So yes, uh, I was a adventure photographer, um, kind of jumped into that and went, you know, had other opportunities, some modeling. Um, yeah, like people would tell my story. So I ended up being, you know, like I did some, there's a video that BMW did about me and things like that. But I never, you know, I wasn't a photographer before that. Okay. Um, and I was more interested, always more interested in helping people have adventure. Like that's it. That's the, like the nexus. I'd figured that out. That's why I was in vacation rentals. So I figured that out. I read a book called, um, 48 days to the work you love by Dan Miller. Okay. Back. Gosh, I think when I was 27. So however many years I'm 36 now, so almost nine years ago. Um, and it kind of helps you find the intersection between your passion, your, uh, your skill set, and what the market needs. Mm -hmm. Um, and basically, like at the end of that book, it takes 48 days to do it. Um, it was like, well, Isaac just needs to be helping people have an adventure because that's yeah. something he's always done. He's always found joy in and people really enjoy it when he does it. So just talked about myself in the third person, but like, no, that's I like what it. the book I like it. says, yeah. you know? So um, I knew that and vacation rentals was as close as I could get at the time. Mm -hmm. but I'm always iterating and trying to get closer. So like videos sometimes is closer and like, you know, just whatever can get me closer to that. And the reason is, is because I believe when people are having an adventure, they're the most raw and generally the most uh, like excited versions of themselves. Uh -huh. And I think when everybody's excited, they're the best versions of themselves. You know, at least for me, when I'm excited or when people oh, are yeah. excited about yeah, whatever. Uh, that's the state I always want to stay in. Yeah. And you always think back and you're like, man, that was the greatest day ever. Yeah. 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 Like I think it was Tim Ferriss who said that uh, people don't have an attention deficit disorder. They have an excitement deficit disorder. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like for sure, um, excitement is like something... 36 and like still daily yeah. have to have it. Um, and I love it when I can get other people excited. I love it when I can break their Do you adventure daily? No, I mean, because I'm, I, it's also like, I see the videos. Yeah. So like a video that stuck with me that Dana and I watched it twice. And it was, uh, it was when you guys went to the fire tower, mm -hmm. you like drove a Corolla as far as you could up the road. Yeah. 
And the whole time I'm just thinking like, there's so many things that are going to go wrong. <laughs> and like, how's he going to tow it out? Does he still have service? And I'm like thinking of logistics of it. And then yeah. you guys are like going and you get to the fire tower. And then there's that, uh, the drone shot back from the fire tower. And it's just mm -hmm. like, we watch and Dana's like, we don't do enough stuff. <laughs> like that's, we don't do anything. Like oh, what's man. wrong with us? And I was like, well, this is one video. He can't do stuff like this every day. No, not every day, man. Like, uh, but so, all right. So, so I guess let's go back to the question here. Cause people still probably don't know what the hell I do. What I do is I'm an adventure, uh, content creator. So I started in adventure photography and now I make videos. I, I got kind of known for doing, um, over the top IG stories, mm -hmm. like filming them in a big camera, editing them on a, on my Mac or, you know, and then re-uploading them yeah. back on. So, um, do that and then just really anything, you know, anything that I can do to convey that excitement and to get people yeah. feeling like they want to go out and do stuff. And the thing that I really focus on is not these unobtainium adventures like climbing Everest, yeah. but adventures that anybody could do and then taking it to the next level of removing an excuse. So I literally have a four wheel drive truck, but yeah. I drove my car down there. I love it. Um, I had, you know, sponsors that I could call and get a split board from, which I've done. But you bought one for a hundred dollars. But I bought, yeah, $200, yeah. $200 and use that. So I'm always trying to like remove barriers, not only in my own life, like but then that. show people yeah. how to remove barriers mm -hmm. to just go out and, and find that excitement. Cause excitement doesn't come from having nice gear. Mm -hmm. I mean, they can, but like the excitement is in the, the doing of the thing. Exactly. You know that, like if yeah, you, 100%. you've got nice cars, but like if you didn't have those nice cars and you just took like a like a like a Corolla, yeah, and you just stripped every like heavy part off of it, uh -huh. and freaking just went and rallied it. It would still be super fun. Yeah, I had a uh, my friend had an Integra and a Honda Accord back in like '99. I I remember more fun times with my Honda Accord and that Integra than I have with a GT2. Yeah, GT2 is awesome. Yeah, but like I don't do anything to it. I just drive it around and yeah. get too nervous to hurt it and put it away and <laughs> yeah. then like. It's but peak. Yeah, it's, it's definitely peak performance, mm -hmm. but you know, it's like, uh, God, it's always the doing of the stuff. Yeah. The same always. thing. I've always, I've always found out that the camping trips I remember or the adventure I remember with, with even with, you know, with Dana, for example, is like all the trips we went where it was like a storm or it rained yeah. or the truck got stuck yeah. or the battery died the next day. And we were like, Oh shit. Yeah. We're like, we're really far out. Don't know what to do or just, or the extra cold nights or just like, the times with the adversity where you're Those just are the not ones where you remember, dude. Yeah. Those are where you remember it. I mean, I think we're all looking for like this ideal adventure where things just go smoothly and it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. But man, the ones you tell your friends about. So one of my favorite things that happened last winter uh, is we decided to go up to this place called Ninko Cabin. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like, it's just this cabin way out like 14 miles from the North Fork Road, which is like 40 miles from Columbia Falls. So it's like right on the Canadian border, middle of nowhere. You have to have, you know, sleds to access So it. past Pole Bridge. Right. Past Pole Bridge. So you go like another 10 miles past Pole Bridge and then okay. you take a 14 mile, um, just like this four service road, but it's closed off. It's okay. not plowed. Well, we didn't, we were just like, the snow's fine down here. Like we're going to do great. I don't have a sled. So I was like, mm. I'll just ride with Alex on his sled. Yeah. Um, so we start ripping up there and we bring skis and stuff. And uh, well, on the way up, even better, on the way up, like the trailer, my buddy's trailer with the snow wheels on it, like the wheel just flies off. Yeah. Just gone. But the road was super icy. So I had this like um, pocket chainsaw that a sponsor had given to me. It's like this, it's like the chainsaw blade. But yeah. It's like got handles on it for your hands. So I like cut a log and then like lashed it to 
like the leaf spring, and then just like basically made us flat out of half of the wheel. Yep. And Dude, I, I'm, you're telling me I watched this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, oh, so you see I, And I watched the whole thing, and that was another story where I was like, because you didn't update too. Like, so I knew you were recording, but you didn't have service. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it was weird because like the story would up. You still updated the story, but you didn't dump it all at once. Yeah. So like. I, I, you saw the trailer fall apart. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, this sucks. It's the end of the world. And you were like, no, we fixed it with a log. And I was like, so they're going to, and my thought is like, so they're going to keep going. They should turn back now. Oh like, dude. This is when you turn back. So I won't tell everybody the story. Cause you gotta, if you're listening to this, you gotta go check it out. It's still there but, somewhere. Oh, it's still, it's in my highlights on my IG. Okay, cool. Good. So, uh, but I just filmed this with my phone. Like I didn't even have the forethought or even care. I just wanted to be so in the adventure that I was like, uh -huh. oh, I'm just going to do a couple of quick IG stories with my phone. But so we started going with it. We finally make it up to the spot. We unload. We're way late. We start going with the snowmobiles, dude. And there is an unprecedented level of snow. Probably if you hop off the sled, you, you sink into your shoulders. Mm -hmm. It's basically flat. But the snow is like so light and fluffy that the snowmobiles with both me and Alex on it, especially ours, is is like going, you know, when you get like a really heavy boat and it's going through the water at like a 45 yeah. degree angle. Yeah. About to like sink. It was like, it was like a surf boat. Plus you had your board sideways. So that was like creating more. That drag. was on. Yeah. I was watching the whole thing and I was like, the, what are they doing? Yeah. So the board was on uh, the other guy's sled. Yet he, he, we put his board because we were expecting like a, uh, like yeah, a forest road, you know, like a packed forest road mm -hmm. board sideways. Fine. Right. It's just got to hang on. But dude, it was like that. Was, it was so deep that it was causing him to stop. And so. Alex and I finally get going, and, and the problem is that once you have two people on the snowmobile, you, once you plane out, you can't really stop. So we go, and we end up going, I don't know, two or three miles, and we don't see um, the other guy named Theron. We don't see him behind us. So we stop, we wait, we take some pictures. Sun starts to go down. We finally hear him, and he had to readjust the, the snowboard so it was vertical, and he had broken a belt. And we're Ugh. like, at this point, we're four miles away. We're not even close to the cabin. It's getting yeah. dark. Anyway, it gets rough. Like, things get way worse from there. And we end up like at the cabin with like many unknowns. It's mm -hmm. like, I get, it was a very rough, I barely slept at all. Very rough night. Cause like in that group, I'm really the only guy who can like fix things. And we had broken things and we were 14 miles away from, uh, God, it was just, it was terrible. But anyway, when you get out, that trip is amazing. Like in my yeah. head, I never want to, never want to do it again. Yeah. Never. But in my head, it's one of the best trips we've ever done. <laughs> yeah. Wa watching it as an outsider. I, I had all of the emotions. I was like concerned. I was excited. <laughs> um, it made me feel like inspired that like I need to take more risks and do more things. Like it, so much emotion followed me through that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like just, and the fact that you didn't just like dump it all. Like you, I know you dump. You did the trailer. You did the start and things like that. And I was like, yeah. oh cool, he's going on a trip. And then you did the second where it was like he was lost and things like that, if I'm remembering properly. But then it was like another three or four hour lull. And like, <laughs> yeah. I felt like I was waiting for the next episode of like yeah. Game of Thrones. And I was like, what's going to happen? I can't wait to see the next story. And then you guys finally got there. And it, the whole thing was just, it was just such a cool thing to watch. Oh man. So there's one point. So we're back there. We lose Theron again <laughs> at some point. It's totally dark. It's so deep that Alex and I try and turn the sled around just on flat ground, try and mm -hmm. turn the sled around. We get completely stuck six times, turning it just 180 degrees, going back the other Which way. Which is exhausting. Oh, so tired. You have yeah. to dig it out. I'm like, the only way we can get the sled to go again is I have to like walk out a ramp of like, like walk out a four foot wide path, stamp down the snow, like 20 feet out back and forth. But it's, it's higher than waist deep snow. So you're just one step at a time. I'm so hot and sweaty, but I know it's like really cold out. We're waiting for Theron. As soon as we get turned around, he shows up. 
And I'm like, damn it. Well, at least he's here. And then we realized that he got stuck, couldn't get going again. He, he jettisoned our backcountry skis, which are our only lifeline. Like, like there's no way you can walk 14 miles no. in, in nipple deep snow. With skis on, fine. You're going to have a really long night. You're going well, to put you're in gonna 14 miles. Yeah. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to hate life, but you're not going to die. You're going to be able to continue to move at a level of exertion that doesn't kill you. Uh-huh. And we, we don't have them. And Theron, he's relatively new in the mountains. Great dude. But he didn't understand. The like, severity of it. Like, he didn't it, understand like what had just happened. Alex and I were just like, oh, my God. Well, they're probably God. looking at you, too, like, oh, well, he wouldn't take us out here if it wasn't safe. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. That's how I'd be looking. I'd be like, yeah, if, if, if he's bringing me out here, oh, man. I'm sure it's fine. Well, Alex and I just looked at each other at that point, thinking the same thing, but knowing there's no other option other than to continue towards the cabin. Yeah. Because at this point, there's nothing. It's like, it's like somebody <laughs> cut the life raft off your boat yeah. in a storm, mm-hmm. and you're like, well, I guess we've just got to go across the ocean now because we're already three-quarters of the way across. You know, there's just – so, yeah, like real emotions in that section yeah. were felt. Like to the point where I'm like questioning, like, okay, I do a lot of sketchy shit, yeah. but maybe this is too far. Maybe I've, maybe I've pushed it too far. You know, because like at the same time, I am a father. And I'm not Mr. Extreme. Like I don't intentionally get myself myself in in situations where I could harm. I like adventure to be like a certain level. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a lot of way more crazy shit when I was young, and now it's like I know where the boundaries are generally, where things are that I'm comfortable, which is generally above most people's level of comfort. But it's not like you know I have friends that literally go summit uh, Everest while filming and like do all sorts of crazy things. Yeah. They're like super next level. That's not my level, and I'm okay with that. But this was like, oof, man, it's bad. Now, anyway, do you, do you have like a sat phone or anything? Or we did have we did have like a sat text thing. Okay. So yeah, we could have been saved. Okay. Yeah, great. All right. Good. I don't have that. I don't have that. I don't. I, I, never, I just never thought to get one. But though, uh, Alex has one. Good. His right. his wife. So is somebody's responsible. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Holy yeah. But shit. so I think the, for me, like it's, it's, I have. A, a very high tolerance for things going wrong on adventure. Mm-hmm. Like, like to me, that's when I start laughing and the joy comes. Yeah. I just, Which is my I favorite like, thing to see from you content wise. Yeah. It's like things where I would be annoyed and be like, it's the end of the world. Yeah. And then you laugh and it's like, Oh, well now I'm like something. I happened. need to be more something like that. Interesting. Happened. Yeah. Yeah. But it also depends on who you surround yourself with too. Um, you'll notice I, I rarely ever do a solo adventure. Rarely. Mm-hmm. I'm just not into it. Oh, that's just, true. Yeah. When you when your whole like life mission is to help other people have an adventure, yeah. doing a solo mission is you might as well I might as well be working at Walmart. Like there's just not a lot of joy in it. Yeah. Understand. Um that. so I rarely do that. So it also has to do with the people that I'm with. If the people I'm with are also you know, at any point we should have just turned around. We should turn around when the tire broke. We should turn around when we went like a hundred yards and it was so deep we got stuck. Yeah. You know, we still have 14 miles to go. It's, we should turn around when it was getting dark. Yeah. But the people I'm surrounded with, like Theron, relatively new in the group, relatively inexperienced, he's trusting us. But Alex and I, we know what's up. Mm-hmm. And at no point did it ever occur to us that we should turn around. I like that. It, it, like it just like until we turn around and then we realize that Theron forgot the skis. But by then it's too late, you know. And and so we were talking about it the next day as we finally made it out. Spoiler alert: I'm still alive. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and we we're like, why didn't? Why did what was wrong with us? Why didn't we just turn around? And I think the real answer is that we're just having too much fun. Yeah. Like the the problems are like just fun. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, it's, it's, this kind of I guess the niche that I built myself is that like the, like everyday adventures scaled up just a notch, 
done with things that maybe like done with the equipment that nobody else would necessarily try it with. Yeah. Most people would just say, nah, I don't have the right gear. I'm not doing yeah. that at home. Yeah. Um, I'll break the wall here and talk to the people through the microphone. Um, yeah, if you go to his Instagram or YouTube channel, there's a lot of like, Hey, I bought a hundred dollar motorcycle yeah. and now I'm making snow tires for it. Yeah. And it's fun to watch. It's okay when it doesn't work. It's even cooler when it does work, but you do take away those excuses. There's so many times where I've said, Oh, I can't do that. Cause I don't have this. Yeah. And like, I don't do that in the business world or fitness world or anything like that. But sometimes in the adventure world, I'm like, Oh, well, I don't know if I have the right canoe. And it's like, what, what? Like, what do you mean you don't have the right? <laughs> yeah. Explain yourself. And that's something that like watching you clears a lot of that up. Yeah. And it's funny too, because you make, you, you make a living promoting brands yeah. generally, right? Yeah, Working gen for working generally for brands, brands that, that are like hoping that you'll buy their shit. Yeah. Because they're it's like, the Hey, right buy our really nice stuff. Yeah. But then in your stories, you're sort of doing the opposite. You're like, mm -hmm. you don't really need nice stuff. You can do it with anything. So it's, it's, it's an interesting, you know. It could be a cul-de-sac career-wise. Yeah, <laughs> true, very <laughs> it true. It could be. But I make sure that I mix it in with, uh, you know, like I also feel like you don't have any credibility if you're always just doing an adventure with the wrong shit. Mm -hmm. Like you also have to know like what the right shit is. Yeah. Because otherwise you can't tell. It's like this guy's just ghetto rigging everything. Yeah. Um, so no, like, like, so for instance, I did a hundred dollar or a hundred dollar motorcycle, yep. put screws in the tire, yep. went up into the jewel base and went backcountry skiing with a motorcycle and, and brought Alex and I like towed him too. Like, so yeah. towed him up. Um, but then, you know, in a video prior to that, I have two $14,000 Sherco motorcycles that they sent me and I just go like, go for a rip, you mm -hmm. know, like, so like I show like both sides of the coin, like this is what's possible to enter. Yeah. This is what's possible at peak. So both are awesome, right? Yeah, really, really cool. But you can't, if you just wait for peak, never going to do it, right? Like, and I feel like even if you had the coin to go get two $14,000 motorcycles, you're probably not going to be committed to riding those things. Because mm -hmm. like the, the same, if you really want to start, you're going you're gonna to be a better rider and be more into motorcycles. If you just really want to start, just grab whatever you can grab to get started. Then if you're like, I got to wait, and then it's got to be perfect. Yeah. Because $14,000 motorcycles, something's going to break on those at some point anyway. And is that going to ruin your yeah. passion for motorcycles? Yep. And then Probably, you're not, not going to know how to want. fix them. Yeah. I mean, that's like low-key almost the thing we're running into right now. So like we moved here. I just, we just bought dirt bikes. So we started out, we got T-dubs. Yeah. And we like sort of, I don't want to say mastered T-dubs, but like we outgrew them pretty quick. Yeah. You know, we started with Honda Ruxes, moved up to the T-dub 200s. And then pretty soon it was like, I just feel like they're, it was like too heavy for Dana. So she got a 150R Honda. Yep. Um, and the same, right away this year it wouldn't start. And she's like, you have to take it somewhere to get it. And I was like, I have to, excuse me? Like, I'm not, <laughs> you're the one who wants to ride a dirt bike. So she's on like YouTube, like changing the oil, changing spark plugs. And she's like, well, the spark plug, I can't get to it. I'm like, yeah, I know. You have to like disassemble the bike. The tank off, so yeah. it's fun that she's like learning all those things and i know she, it, we got came down to adjusting valves which is like yeah above her and above me yeah from what i've watched on the internet dude it's but adjusting she, valves is tricky but yeah. she already um she already has like that much more of appreciation for her bike now so yeah. like i was talking about getting her like an enduro husqvarna sort of like my 501 and she's like no 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 i love my bike like yeah. i don't want a different one so it's cool to see her fall in love with that. And a lot of times, like, yeah, if you just go out and buy the best stuff. Yeah. I mean, same thing on the GT2 RS. 
I love it, but eh, like it's it's cool. Yeah. But like I have a much bigger relationship with that IS three hundred. Like yeah. that thing. Yeah. Me and it have done some things that, <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah, there's something about like coming up with like the bare minimum stuff, making it work, learning all that, and then moving to the next step. Yeah, you know, I think it probably comes a lot from my upbringing. Like I grew up really, really poor. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like really. I mean, just my parents did the best they could. We had six kids. We're making like oh eighteen thousand dollars a year in the late nineties. Oh, so it really, really is appropriate because some people like exaggerate. No, no. But like really, really, six kids, yeah. two parents. Yeah. Like there's stories I could tell that I decide not to tell because my parents goats. did the best they could. Yeah, yeah. But there are stories that my friends know that that bring them to tears on how how poor we actually were. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't see that as a like I I don't there's no judgment on my parents for that. They did the best they could. Yeah. Um, and and they like. I grew up just just an idyllic childhood. You know, my parents really cared a lot for us and loved us. And um, I I was able to get a job because I was homeschooled. I was my first job was at eight. My first full time job was at ten. Yeah. So what, like, what was your first job? My first job was just like digging landing lines out of a neighbor's yard. Okay. My first full time job was being farm boy and then working in for a guy who owned an outfitting business. And okay. then eventually, by the time I was thirteen, I was working in the Great Bear Wilderness. Oh um, wow. Wait, okay. who, who is the outfitter? Greg, uh, well, he doesn't do it anymore, but Greg Nelson was his name. Great okay. Bear Outfitters. Okay. Um, so he, he was doing that. And, you know, I, he was just a wonderful guy to work for, a super hard worker. And so I, I was able to get money that way. But because I didn't have, you know, like my dad didn't have a shop. We didn't have resources. But I had, like, this insatiable appetite to go do stuff. And I wanted a motorcycle so bad. I bought my first motorcycle when I was 13. Uh, you know, like I just always wanted that stuff. I just figured out other ways to do it. You yeah. Know? So like my first motorcycle was a 1971 or 75. I can't remember. Uh, Honda CT 90, mm-hmm. you know, a little like half scooter, half, whatever, you know, like you, you shift it down by like kicking it with the heel and then kicking it with the toe to go up. Uh, not like great bike. Like if you're like 13 and wanting to like jump, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. not a great bike, but it moves. Yeah. It moved for a while. And then it broke down and like, uh, you know, my uncle had some mechanic, uh, skills. So he would like show me how to like, you know, pull the carburetor apart and clean it. And, you know, I think the, the probably in hindsight, like the, the piston rings were probably shot. And so it would sometimes the, the, you know, the gas and the crankcase oil would mix and it would just, it wouldn't run right. If club, you know, the plug would foul up. So I had to like learn how to do that. If I wanted to do anything fun, I had to learn how to fix my own stuff. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to progress as like, you know, I loved BMX at the time, If I wanted to progress. There was no YouTube at the time. Um, I had to figure out how to build jumps. Mm-hmm. I had to figure out how to fix my bike when it broke. Mm-hmm. I had to figure out how to, you know, where to get all the stuff. Um, there was nobody, my parents were super supportive, but they were not going to the bike shop to buy me a bike. Yeah. Not happening. They just didn't have the coin. Yeah. They didn't even have the awareness. They had six kids, man. Like I had one sixth of their time on a good day. <laughs> yeah. You know? So like I, I, to me, I just always wanted to do everything all the time. And I just had to learn to just do more with less. Yeah. Um, so that was like default. And now as I've gotten older, uh, you know, I've, you know, as you start to get in business, you're like, you realize like, oh, I can't just be like half asking it. Yeah. Like you really got to like spend some money to make some money. And I, I did learn that lesson being in the vacation rental industry is that if you want it to be top tier, you got to spend like it's top tier and, mm-hmm. you know, be aware that it's going to cost, but you're also going to make that money back. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of had to learn that later in life, but my, my default position was always like, let's just go make this happen. Yeah. Let's just go do I mean, dude, I didn't even have any camping equipment. Like, I used to hike in jeans. I had, like, a wool Pendleton shirt that, like, a friend gave me. And I used to do 20, 30 miles a day in the backcountry of, of uh, Great Bear Wilderness 
with worn out running shoes my brother gave me doing trail crew. So carrying an ax in one hand, a bow saw in the other. Um, so you don't need anything, basically. Yeah. What that teaches you. Mm-hmm. But then, dude, now I've got everything I could ever need. I've got mm-hmm. like five different sleeping bags, two, three, three different tents now, you know, five different overnight backpacks. You know, I've got everything I could ever need. I love it to death. Yeah. I would not go back. But, you know, I know it's possible. I know that if I was out in the wilderness and for some reason, you know, my boat tipped over or a grizzly bear ate my shit, you just got, all you got to do is just walk. All you yeah. do is your two legs. I love it, dude. Yeah. I love it. And you've you've taken all that knowledge, you've taken everything, and you've mastered sort of making yourself a business now. I don't know if I've mastered it. Uh, yeah, let's not say, maybe not say you've mastered, <laughs> yeah, but, but you're, mastered de- you're definitely like an expert at it. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, you yeah, can say so expert. I, I would like to think so. I mean, there's so much to learn, but I have found my unique voice. Yes. I found a way to tell stories that is very unique to me and that my audience, especially my core audience, enjoys. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, in a time, so Instagram, so I got on Instagram just a bit later than most people who have half a million to a million followers. Um, I got like two years late. So I didn't like social media at all for personal stuff. I had a Facebook, deleted it, MySpace, deleted it, Instagram, deleted it, Mm -hmm. Twitter, deleted it. And so when I got back on it, I was in the vacation rental company and I was like, if we're going to do this, it's got to be unto something. Like it can't just be like we're doing, you know, you know, local Tuesday updates or some BS. Like it's really got to inspire somebody to come out to Montana. That was for the vacation rental company. And so then when I actually started my Instagram for personal, it was the same thing. Like, Oh, you know, I was hanging out with my friend Alex Stroll and I was seeing that he was doing it as a professional, um, travel adventure, uh, photographer. And I was like, okay, well maybe I won't be the best photographer, but I definitely can adventure a lot. So let's start sharing that story. So it was very specific to that story, but, I saw a lot of people in that realm. It became an arms race for the best location. It didn't have to do with the adventure at all. It was just like, oh, there's like this really unique looking rock or this lake with this peak that's behind it or this beach that has this, you know, whatever. You know, it could be, it was basically, have you ever seen the Cody Co video called Blue Ass Water? No. Where he makes fun of travel content creators about like just their, they just always feature blue ass water. Yeah. Okay. It's quite funny. Uh, but I mean, it just became an arms race for who could do the best. Yeah. And if you already had a million followers, you had more resources from companies, you had enough money to buy your own plane tickets, go wherever you want. So you could get to these places faster, feature them first, and then get the, the eyeballs. Uh, okay. And I very quickly decided like, yeah, that, not for me. Yeah. I'm not interested in exploiting places mm-hmm. to, to basically grow my Instagram followers for what? Like, I want to create a sustainable life of adventure for myself and inspire other people to be able to do that. That's what I want to do. Mm. I don't care if it's Instagram. I don't care if it's YouTube. I don't care if it's none of the above. I'm still going to try and do what I'm doing now um, because that's what I want to do. And telling the story is, is how I reach other people, but it's never going to be, you know, I don't often share locations unless I know these locations are like places that get 3 million followers or 3 million visitors a year. Um, cause the, the location is not important. That's a, that's a weird scene that I didn't realize existed was like the location and how like lo- dropping pins and things like that for what Instagram does to places. Yeah. Like I didn't realize how like deleterious that was and like how it was impacting really cool hidden spots. Yeah. Um, since I've moved here, I've like sort of learned like, yeah, oh. well, you know, for me, I mean, I get multiple messages a day, 
even if I'm not posting of where something is. Yeah. And it's one of the only messages I don't answer. Mm-hmm. Um, because not only does it negatively impact places and I don't have a bazillion followers, but the other thing is that dude, I spent like so much time hunting this down with passion and fervor of finding this location so that I could do this adventure. And that was half the joy. I'm not yeah. going to ruin that for you. You, if you're, you're, if you're DMing me, you are smart enough to Google. Yeah. And if you can Google, then you're going to find all these other links and you, you can go deep into the internet. You can guess. I think it's here and you can go try and you might be wrong and you're going to find a whole brand new adventure you never expected. I'm not taking that away from you. So I, there is no, for me, if I tell you where like this epic place is, I'm not giving you anything. Yeah. I'm actually taking something away from you. So I won't. So it, it doesn't have to do with that. I'm trying to protect somewhere. Yeah. Cause like, obviously clearly I'm, if I'm there, I'm a person and I'm yeah. impacting it as well. And it's not like I'm higher than thou. And mm-hmm. I clearly like ask my friends when they go somewhere cool where that place is. But I, I've built a connection with my friends or I've like, you know, really spent a lot of time trying to find, um, yeah, just trying to find these awesome places or, yeah. you know, dude, I'm, I'm like a late evening Google maps cruiser. Like I'll just fly around on Google maps, just looking for neat places, pin them. And then someday I'll be driving by and I'll look at a pen. And I'll be like, Oh, Oh, that, there was something there. And then I'll just go drive there. And 50% of the time it's nothing. Yeah. Sometimes it is something and I'll check it out. But like that whole process, it's wonderful. Yeah. It's part of the adventure. Yeah. I think the greatest days. So we just got um, start. We bought the app uh, Onyx Off-Road. Yeah, yeah. And so Dana and I got that. And I was like, oh, let's go try it. You know, let's see. And uh, just like adventuring on roads, downloading the maps, looking at the maps, finding things, pinning them. Like we've done it three or four weekends now. And nothing's crazy, but like, you know, I would go up to Pole Bridge and stop at Pole Bridge and Mm -hmm. then maybe drive past a little, you know, just not much. But then... I spent a day being like, oh, yeah, let me just look at the map and see what's further out and then further than that and then further than that. And, then, and yeah. you just start finding things where it's like, this is amazing. Yeah. And they're my best trips is where, yeah, you go looking for something. You're like, I think there's something there. Dude, I've lived here my entire life. My mom was born in the back of her parents' grocery store in Martin City here. And and my, uh, my great-grandparents uh, immigrated from Canada to the Mission Valley just south of here, mm-hmm. okay, in 1910. I still find stuff I've never heard of, nobody's ever told me about, and I didn't know existed so within cool. two hours of here. Like it's like, it's not just here, anywhere in the world. Yeah. There's always like these little nooks and crannies that you just haven't been to. I mean, I if I opened up my Google Maps, there'd be 20, 25 places within an hour's drive from here that I've always wanted to go. And I mean, I'm telling you, I've been doing this for, I've been doing it forever. I mean, I've been yeah. to a, a lot more places than almost anybody I know in this area. Um, but it's still like, dude, you just got to like poke around on Google yeah. and find that, find that adventure. So, I mean, there's so many cool things to look at in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I like not ruining people's adventures. I never thought of it like that. I mean, they don't think of it like, look, I don't tell them that. Like I don't DM and be like, I'm not going to ruin that for you. Cause it sounds a little bit higher than thou. Yeah. But to, to be honest, dude, it really is part of the process. And, and it's like learning how to fish versus like, where'd you catch that fish? Yeah. It's like, dude, you know, learning where to go catch a fish, which again, this is a bad analogy because I suck at fishing. <laughs> yeah. I'm the worst. I call it casting because I don't actually catch anything. But like, I imagine if I really wanted to be good at fishing, asking people where they caught that fish is not going to help. No. I, yeah. It's weird how that relates to everything. Um, I do a lot of weird like fitness business seminars because people are like, I want to make a living in the fitness industry. It's like, well, how do I do it? And they want step by step. This is how you do it. Yeah. Or, or they want excuses 
you to tell them things that they don't have. Same thing. It's like, well, I don't have a $10,000 motorcycle or I don't have the best yeah. fly rider. Yeah. So I can't, you know, yeah. they, they were looking for one of the two things. And I've never even thought to proper, like, to sort of put it back on and be like, well, I don't want to ruin that journey for you. Yeah. Like I can, I can point you in the right direction as a journey, but like, that's where I learned everything. Yeah. You know, uh, that's a cool way to put it. I like that. I mean, for me, the discovery of everything in life, it, that that's like the most fun part. Yeah. I mean, I've just recently started getting into stoicism and like, I don't think if I would have found this earlier, it would have been part of my journey. Uh, and I'm very like, I mean, I've just recently started getting into stoicism. Mm -hmm. So don't ask me, don't ask me anything about it. I don't know anything about it, okay. but neither do I, <laughs> but like, I guess what I'm saying is like, I love discovering new things by, by going, Oh, I like this author. And now he's got this other book and this, you know, the same thing that can happen in, in, in finding, you know, this one location, I went up this road and I found this camp spot and I went a little further the next time and found this camp spot that happens in life, man. So it's always, like you said, I don't want to take that away from you. It's always the journey, right? Yeah. People give me tidbits, but nobody can tell you how to start a fitness business. Like you're going to have to find your niche, right? Yeah. And to find your niche, you have to know where you fit. Mm -hmm. You have to get into fitness, follow you and yep. 25 other people and be like, I like this guy. I like a little bit of what he does. This person really sucks for me. Um, I'm going to, you know, this is where nobody's talking about this. Why aren't they talking about this? Then you figure out that spot yourself. And then all of a sudden you found your place in fitness and you're successful. Whether it's small, successful, $30,000 a year, whether it's $2 million a year, mm -hmm. that's up to you or the niche that you find, you know? And so for me, my specific adventure niche, um, you know, like it's very small, Yeah. you know, comparatively, but it's very successful for me. Yeah. You know, like it, it seems like you have everything you've ever needed and ever wanted. And you, it seems like you have everything, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I guess you could say that. I mean, I mean, from, from an outsider, that's, that's what I see is like, Oh, that dude has everything. Interesting. That's Just, a, you know, that's a cool perspective. Yeah. It's really, really cool. Like I'm as bad as anybody, um, man. Like I, I definitely feel limitations and frustrations. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, like I mean, I might come off as like which I don't need to see from you. You know what I mean? Like I think <laughs> yeah. I think that's that's something that people on Instagram always show their best. You know what I mean? It's always like, look at me in the perfect lighting. Look at me at the top of the right mountain with the right sunset, like all that shit. And um, I think one one of my favorite things about you is like, I want a new Airstream or not? not let's not get carried away. New, but like a 2015 because I had one from the 60s, and I really just want like. A nice clean Bambi that's current. Yeah. But they're very expensive. Yeah. And I saw one for forty five grand yesterday. Which is a deal. Which <laughs> is strange that that's a deal, but they're like they're like in the fifties and it's like, man, I I'm not I don't know. So like I keep doing that, keep doing that, and I have this want and this desire for this thing. And then I see you paint like a uh, a truck topper. Yeah. Black. Got it for free. Which you got for free. Yeah. And then my poor wife, I'm like watching it and I'm like, man, you know, it's sort of, it looks like it was for free or whatever. And then yeah. all of a sudden, next thing you know, the next post, you're at a hot spring with your family yeah. and it's just like, oh, that dude has everything, <laughs> you know, but, but it, it like, it lowers, it did something with me to the Airstream. Yeah. Like I was, you know, same thing. I was putting all my eggs in one basket, like looking at the Airstream being like, when I have that, I'll, I'll be happy. You know, that'll be my I just want that. That's yep. something that I yep. want to drive down to Salt Lake and see my friends and stop a bunch along the way in my fucking Bambi. Yeah. And then seeing you do that, and I was like, oh, that dude, has a, he has everything. And one of the things he has is the mindset 
to like be like, no, I'm going to take that for free, paint it black and we're doing do adventure. And like, it's the appreciation for the journey, I think is one of the things that you have that is part of, that makes everything, everything. I think it makes sense. I think it comes like, it's like kind of like a Western philosophy. It's just like the run what you brung type mm-hmm. of attitude. And then combined with that, I am a firm believer in optimizing later. Like I have to know that I want a truck camper first. Yeah. Right. Like but getting a free one, slapping some paint on it and going down the road. Mm-hmm. If I don't like the concept of truck campers, I have not spent any of my time or energy. Mm. Like, like there's no, there's no payment. There's no nothing. Yeah. Right? If I hate it, I kick it off the back of my truck and I say, peace. Yeah. You know, like, okay. So I sort of did that with the Airstream cause <laughs> I had the 64 that I renovated. Yeah. And that's what made me want the bam. Okay, so I did that. Yeah, you, did. I'm pretty, <laughs> you are optimizing all right, later. I'm pretty proud of myself. Yeah, but it's so funny right. that you say that because, like, uh, you know, we just got a different truck camper pop pop up, and uh, it's great. It's like the previous owner let it have some leaks, mm-hmm. so we got it for a good deal, and it's really nice. It's a 2004. My wife loves it, but it's got like some work that needs to be done, and I'm kind of like, ah, I don't want to spend any time on that this summer. So let's go. There's a, this company called Alaskan Campers. They're a hard sided pop up camper. They're wonderful. I've been, I've had a, a, like a Craigslist alert for three years for one. No joke. One popped up yesterday really? in Polson for like a hell of a good deal, uh-huh. but it's an 82. So it like is brown inside. It's not like white okay. and clean. Yeah. And our new one is a 2004. It's not going back, man. There's no going back. She's not into it. Oh, really? Yeah. So like optimize later, but you know that like you can't, once you optimize, oh, it's really yeah. hard to go back. But you know. She gets what she wants. So it, yeah. you think that I have everything, but what I'm saying is I don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell me that. Not even don't close. ruin my little dream. Not even close, right. dude. I, I run whatever I have, but um, dude, having everything is a mindset for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's that's yeah. and that's more of what I picked up from watching you from yeah. the outside. Yeah, I'm always content with what I have. I'm never content with doing enough as mm-hmm. far as like the adventures. You can't feed me enough excitement and adventures. But what I have. You know, like for, here's the other thing. People always want to know what people make mm-hmm. on Instagram. Um, if you knew how much I worked and how many ways I diversify, you'd be like, oh, I don't think I can do that. Mm-hmm. You can, but people are always thinking like, this guy just takes photos for brands and makes a hundred thousand dollars a year. I don't make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Uh, it's not what I think at all. It, do you, know, I, do you, know I, what I, you know what I think? <laughs> no, go ahead. Okay. So I'm not going to give you like a number of what I think you make, but my thought of you from the outside is I feel like you have a number that you're interested in hitting while still maintaining the life you want to live. It's all about the life. So like same thing. I wouldn't be surprised if you said, Oh, I make $32,000 a year. And I'd be like, okay, cool. Because I know that that's enough to support your family. It's enough to, you know, put gas in your hundred dollar motorcycle and do these adventures mm-hmm. enough to buy wood to build the tree house and an, enough to maintain the, the hot tub and stuff like it's that in between those two numbers. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. I don't think I could do $32,000 a year. Not but, here in Montana. But I think anyway. if, I think if, if you were doing that, that's, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Even though I know you're, you're capable of making way more or whatever. I think that I've always seen you as you would want to balance, you'd want to balance your life and family life with that and not overwork. Absolutely. And, and I only want to, I don't mind overworking, man. Like I stayed up till one o'clock, not last night, the night before on yeah. a proposal for Honda, Honda cars. Um, so like it needed to be sent in and I worked, you know, I don't mind overworking, but I only want to overwork on the things that I want to work yeah. on. That, that's, Dude, I don't yeah, want to, I don't want to spend a moment in an office um, doing anything that I don't want to do anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I used to work in project management before I got into hospitality. 
um, for companies like Walmart and Safeway and Lowe's. Like we used to, I worked for a company that um, would build Walmarts from the ground up or whatever, and I was senior project manager. So I had like that work experience, but man, like, you go home at night and you're just like, I, I hate this. Yeah. It's not paying me enough money. No matter what it was, it's yeah. not paying me enough money. So now I guess I don't optimize for money. That's the thing, what I'm trying to say. It's like, I'm optimizing for life. Yeah. And because of that, I think like, I don't have everything I want. Like I, I don't, you know, I don't even own my own house dude, but I have a really nice house on the river. Oh, you, dude, your house is awesome. Yeah. Cause I rent it and I found a good deal and the landlords love me and I'm happy to be in that situation because I'm unhappy to be in some starter house, like in Kalispell on the, you know, the West side of Kalispell. Yeah. Not that that's bad, but it's just not for me. Yeah. I know it wouldn't bring joy to my life. So I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Um, you know, at some point things grow. Um, I like to think of things as like a, a, a giant, you know, stone wheel. It really takes a long time, especially in freelancing to get things moving. But once it gets going, you build some momentum. So like I'm in the stage of my career where the wheel's just starting to turn with minimal effort. Before mm-hmm. it was just 100% effort, very little movement, right? Mm-hmm. Have you ever, you know, you know how it is. Yeah. If you ever, if you, any you feel like you're doing you everything with, and it's like, yeah, yeah, you're, the stone wheel is a good one. Yeah. So like, it's like, you're just pushing it, pushing it, pushing mm-hmm. it. And it's moving an inch and an inch and an inch. And finally, once it does a full rotation, the next rotation is easier. And then the full rotation mm-hmm. and it can start to build up some speed. But like, if you step back from a merry-go-round, people know what that is. Like, in a, do they even have those in playgrounds anymore? I think they're, they're too, too dangerous. dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So if you're our age, you'll know what a merry-go-round mm-hmm. is. But you know, when you first start pushing it and like, you got like your whole crew on there, you know, it's like first grade classes yeah. on there. It's impossible to push. But like, dude, you let go, it continues to spin. Yeah. So that's where I have, that's where my my trajectory is going is that eventually I will be making more money and stuff, but I just don't, I'm poor at focusing on making money because I don't care about yeah. money. I care about doing stuff. Yeah. I care about having the life I want to live yep. now because like, dude, I don't want to be 65 with money. Yeah. My knees won't work by then. Yeah. I've jumped off too many things. You know, I want to be, I want to be 36 and like mm-hmm. out there doing whatever I want, you know, just had a phone call again with my friend Alex today. And like, what are you doing this week? Should we go walk 20 miles on Wednesday? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, maybe we'll go down and look at that cabin that's for sale in Lincoln on, on Friday. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Like you can't do that when you have a real job, right? No. You can't on yeah. Monday decide what you're doing on Wednesday and Mm-mm. Friday Mm-mm. and just have the time. Oh God, that's the best luxury ever. I take that over another hundred thousand dollars a year. I oftentimes have conversations with people, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, dude, we'll come up on uh, Tuesday and do." Th-. And they're like, I-, "I don't have any more vacation days." Yeah. And I'm like, "Whoa." Yeah. Like, which is again, it's not. I'm not saying that's no. Bad. There's nothing wrong with it. It's and for I was some there. People, it's just, dude, it's like soul crushing to me. And there's been points like also to get where I'm at now. It takes more work than it does to get a hundred thousand dollar job for oh, me. Yeah. Yep. It takes more work. Mm-hmm. It's less money. It's way more uncertain. I mean, there's just like, there's been times in my freelance career where I'm like, I don't know how we're going to do next month. Like I just don't have any money, you know, just don't, you know, like when I first started this, um, can I do a little plug here? Yeah. Can we do a plug? Well, I was going to, that was my next question. Okay. Do your question. So, so my question was more or less like, I need to know how you approach brands. And yeah. I know you put some stuff out there cause I get approached a lot and it's very gross people were just like hey man i love fitness sponsor me oh my god why did you send me that message (laughs) and even brands there's a way to approach them Mm -hmm. and what i like is yours putting those things out like you guys are doing some workshops Mm -hmm. you're putting out you put out the branding proposal pack yep um 
But yeah, I want to know how you approach brands, which obviously yeah, is so sort of a setup for your plug. It is, yeah, sort of a setup for my, for my plug. But like, I guess, you know, so I guess to plug it, what I've just come out with as a workshop um, with my friend Alex Stroll, his company called Strollworks, um, they collaborated with me and we built this online workshop. And rather than teach people how I shoot photos or make video or whatever, um, which I think is really skilled, but there's a lot of people that are really skilled that did that. Um, the niche that I know how to really, that I've got a handle on is going from full-time job, full-time family, breaking off from that, making the leap to go full-time freelancer and how to handle the, the mental and emotional turmoil that you're going to feel okay. and how to approach brands, how to make sure that you have enough runway that you can try this and how to make it an experiment that isn't um, unreversible. So that's what this is, the whole workshop is about. It's yeah. a cool workshop. Oh, hey, Dana. Dana's here. <laughs> this happens a lot in the podcast. Is um, People just walk in. We have her walk in. Hi, Dana. Hi. Awesome. Perfect. Good to see you. So you're, I like that a lot better than normal workshops. You know, I don't like normal workshops either. I mean, uh-huh. like I've like Alex's company, he does fantastic workshops. This is why I decided to work with him. His have really helped me just in like a creative way, like learn how to do cameras better and stuff. And I've learned a lot from Alex in person as well. I've really had that as a luxury, but I just wanted a workshop that wasn't, Dude, it's not like 13 steps to like wealth or, you know, like you can be a wonderful, like I know people who are so good with a camera and just aren't able to make it work Mm -hmm. uh, like as a freelancer. Mm -hmm. It's, it's super difficult. And the reason is because it's not just a, it's not just like a, um, one plus one journey. Like I'm good with a camera. I make money. It's a full mental like struggle and an emotional and like becoming an artist is all about maturing as a person, you know? Like if you're going to make money doing this, you've got things that you need to learn that are greater than just the technical thing that you're doing and selling to clients. Yeah. Um, and so this is just what I've learned. You need to learn how to talk to clients. Yeah. You need to, have which to- is like the opposite of taking a really good photo. Absolutely. <laughs> Dude. I mean, so, and I had a leg up on that because I came from the business world and oh, never man. considered myself a photographer, even two years in when I was selling, you know, when I was making money doing photography. Yeah. Um, you know, so like, I knew how to like build like a sales pipeline and like things like that. So I talk about that in a way that people understand. So that's a, that's a stroll works. You can buy that class. I think it's like 75 bucks for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it'll go up twice. Which is a deal. Over. Seems like a deal. Yeah. I mean, I would buy it if I didn't know what I know. Yeah, right? That's cheaper than a textbook in college that that's teaches true. you about that's true. algebra seven or whatever. Yeah. And not only that, but then if you have questions, you can message me, dude, I answered, I've answered, unless it's, where's that location? <laughs> yeah. I've answered every single DM I've ever got over the last four and a half oh, years. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That's a pretty intense stat right there. I, you know, I just try, like, until it's unscalable. Yeah. I feel like somebody's generous enough to, like, message me. Uh-huh. I might not be, get, be able to get back to you right away, but, like, I try and batch them and get back to you with a thoughtful response. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Um, but then, and that's what I teach people. I teach people how to, like, DM people with value, man. Yeah. Like, how to, how to meet your favorite artist. How to like make sure that you can hang out with them. How to um, network without Instagram numbers. How to like grow your presence without Instagram mm-hmm. numbers. Those type of things. You know, like like I have one hundred forty thousand Instagram followers. Yet I'm here on your podcast. You yeah. know, like how to. Well, I don't. Look, yeah, and which is a lot of followers. Let's not shit on one hundred forty thousand. It's not. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's not, not nothing. A, it's not a million. It's not. I get that, but I've learned really quick that like followers don't mean anything. 
Yeah. Like you Especially can, anymore. Yeah. It's, I mean, and you even see these new meme pages that like they, someone builds one page with a million followers and then they just change the name of something else. And they're like, Hey, go follow this page. And it's like, boom, another million. That doesn't have any selling power. Yeah. Cause you see when they do a paid ad or something else other than that meme, everyone's like, Oh, I hate advertisements. F you. And it's like, Oh yeah. Let's talk about what people sell. Let's talk. Cause nobody ever talks about like what you sell to make money. Yeah. Okay. So like, here's what I sell. I can sell eyeballs, which is like a ma- like a magazine. Yep. So I think of my 140,000 followers as a, as a subscriber base for a, a magazine, mm-hmm. for adventure, you know, outdoor stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's that's one thing that people will pay me to sell. So they'll go, hey, I'd like you to promote your my product on your Instagram page. So that's one thing. Um, people always want to know what that costs. I'm, I don't like I'm not that worried about it. I've been paid as little as $500 to post. I've been paid as much as $15,000 to post. Mm-hmm. Depends on the company, but yeah. like. If you are a liquor brand that wants me to post about you, it's closer to 15. Yeah. If you are a brand that's going to send me some really cool shit and I like you and we know personally, it can be all the way down to a thousand. You yeah. know? Okay. So that's promotion. You have to get that work or somebody has to approach you and you are in com- competition with everybody who's in your niche, yep. adventure photography and everybody who's around your numbers. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how many people, but I imagine there's probably close to 25,000 people that have 150,000 to 200,000 followers. Yeah in adventure outdoor photography. There's a lot. So it's very competitive. Um, And it's really not people who, the companies that go through, they generally have an agency and that agency just goes, I want adventure photography. They type it into like a search bar. I want 150 to 200,000 followers. And then they just send you an offer and half the time it's bullshit and I say no. They're Mm -hmm. like, hey, we'll give you a product and uh, $300. Yeah. No. Okay, so that's one thing I sell. The other thing I sell is I can sell content creation. So I make videos and I make photos. So depending on what you want, what licensing you want, I'll sell those. So a product, a project can be as low as you want two to three photos. You want me to shoot them at my house of your, of your product. Um, let's sell that for like two grand, right? Um, or it can be as huge as you want 30 to 40 uh, images, full license, which means like they can print billboards with mm-hmm. it. They can put it anywhere on the internet. They can put it in National Geographic Magazine. They can whatever, it's their full license. Uh, forever and you want all those images you want a little bit of video whatever and you want me to you want me to go to africa somewhere and shoot your car that's going to be like 50 60 grand yeah okay so that's like something that doesn't change based on numbers so 50 60 grand now do they pay to get you are you, you handle depends on depends on so sometimes you'll have a producer that i hire yeah or sometimes like a bigger company will sometimes have an agency that they hire and that agency hires a producer yeah um so it, it can be either way, yeah. um, but so I've done projects either way. So in the 50, 60 grand projects, they don't come very often, mm-hmm. not for me. Um, that's where social media followers. That's like a Range Rover on a mountain. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 But those, those projects, they do come, but there's a lot of competition for those. There's yeah. a lot of people who've been doing this a lot longer than me and maybe are seen as more qualified to do it. Mm-hmm. So again, this is where that, that big stone wheel or the merry-go-round mm-hmm. kind of comes into play. Like I get more opportunities for that. Now that I used to, yeah. you know, you've been doing this two years. Nobody's offering you a $30,000 job. Yeah. They're offering you, you know, $5,000. Mm-hmm. So, which is fine. So then, so content creation is another part of that. It has nothing to do with how many followers I have. And I know people that have 3,000 followers on Instagram and do bigger jobs than I've ever done for content creation. Make a full on living, don't care about social at all, are just really good at their craft. Mm-hmm. Work with an agent, usually in New York or LA and book just these awesome mega jobs. Hmm. Never have to tell a story about it. Can you imagine? That'd be so fun. 
Never not, have yeah, to. Not having to manage <laughs> yeah, that whole never, side of things. <laughs> never have to market yeah. a day in their life. They're just wow. good. Okay. Yeah. So like that's something you could do. Then a couple other little things are personality work. So I've been hired to host um, like a competition for BMW modeling work. I don't get much of those anymore. I'm 36. I'm starting to lose it. I'm starting to lose yeah. it. You're going to fall back into uh, <laughs> that like cool older guy. Dude, look I need soon. some white hair ASAP. Yeah. Uh, so like modeling work, uh, you know, generally like if they're looking for like the rugged outdoorsman type of look, sometimes I get put up for that. Um, I don't know how those just come up, but like generally it'll be a photographer that I know is like, I'd love to shoot Isaac here and they'll propose me for, mm-hmm. um, for like a project. And uh, yeah, so like those, and then I also, can write so I've done I've done some essays and uh, kind of package those all together so like for me it's about creative storytelling all together mm-hmm. and I'm open for all things it's what I call um, being like a four-wheel drive freelancer like you can get money from all of these and when you have all those opportunities available and you're just down like that's what my whole like platform is that I'm just down Mm-hmm. You invite me to go do something and it sounds fun or crazy or whatever. You invite me to model. You invite me to do photos. You invite me to, um, you know, when I worked for Alex in the beginning, I was just uh, like his logistics guy. He called me chief of adventure, but I was literally calling helicopter companies and being like, Hey, we'll trade you some photos for this. And we yeah. get $10,000 a helicopter time, sling some kayaks and some mountain bikes up onto a glacier. And, you know, then I would hop in the kayak and, paddle that kayak through a little ice tunnel into this crevasse that was 40 feet tall on both sides and Alex would take photos of me. So I was model and I was like, you know, yeah. assistant and I was you know, negotiator all and yeah, yeah, all dude, like if you can do that, if you can just be valuable to mm-hmm. be around, like you, like if somebody's going shoot, I'm really good with a camera, but I don't know how to do anything else. I just wish somebody could help me. And they ask you if you want to help a little bit and you just say yes. And you just make it happen. You, that's how you get that wheel spinning yeah. in the beginning. You just be four wheel drive. Yeah. Just whatever. There's this um. There's this book. I think it's called uh, Letters for Garcia. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on that. But it was a, um, it was a, a book that came out about this. Uh, it's like when Theodore Roosevelt went to Cuba and they fought the Spanish, mm-hmm. like that little war. I can't even remember what it's called. It might be the Cuban Spanish War. I can't okay. remember. Anyway, it was this guy, and it's just a really short book about how he gets given this letter, and he has to get it to like this captain, mm-hmm. and he only just does that thing, does what they asked them to do. All these obstacles come up and he just makes it there. He just goes and he gives that letter to the captain. And the whole book is about like, if you have a job to do, you said you would do something, then just do it over and over again and you'll be successful. Yeah. I got a cough. You're going to have to mute this. Go for it. <coughs> but yeah, so like, that's what I've always tried to, what I've always tried to do is just, try to be useful yeah just try to be useful but then make sure that i don't end up being useful at something i know i absolutely hate you know yeah i don't want to spend any time being useful doing stuff like i love that. it dude i love it and and it's all it's also true i mean that's what a lot of people around me don't have defined jobs like they don't we're, we're very bad in our corporate structure which it's not really a corporate structure we we don't do very well with titles yeah and a lot of times when you get locked into a title, it's almost like, oh, like, yeah, you know, you can't but, go sh- do shipments today because you're like, you know, VP of marketing. I'm like yeah. Shipments. Yeah. It, I, I like, I like the people that don't have titles that can sort of, you know, they're like, oh, they'll just take on anything. They'll be in charge of anything. Yeah. And uh, those are mostly the most valuable people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and th- th- so that's where these pro- products come out of. Actually, Alex asked me to do this workshop and he's like, what do you want to teach? And I was like, 
Well, I mean, I'm not going to teach photography. (laughs) I feel like you got that unlocked. A lot of people got that unlocked. Um, But I want to teach removing barriers. So that's what we ended up teaching in the workshop. And then so many photographers sell presets. Mm -hmm. And I think it's great, like if they work, but they just never do. Like there's only one photographer, Forrest Mankins, friend of mine. His presets are amazing for what I do. He's another uh, FJ guy, right? FJ. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, FJ60. Yeah, the blue one yep yeah, yeah. Bert. yeah he actually got another identical one and then we blew the engine up like way out in the middle of nowhere on the border with idaho and montana beautiful yeah luckily i had my Sherco motorcycle i zipped into town got some redneck dude who was uh prior felon to like tow us out for free that's another really great story yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. perfect right <laughs> um, um, but uh so anyway his presets are great but like you know i feel like the market was saturated with presets and uh my younger brother is he's like a business guy and he's always like, dude, you got to be selling something. You can't just be selling other, other people's product. You mm-hmm. have to have something. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't have any good ideas for that right now. I'm not going to force it. So I started thinking like, you know, I just, I, I remember when I started doing this and I wanted to pitch a company, an idea. Like I think I had something where I wanted to go like to Alaska and go, <clears throat> go hike into the, um, like the Torn Gap mountain range. And like, so I went to build this pitch deck Dude, I'm not a designer. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what to use. I didn't know what to put in there. So like, oh man. I'm going to get you. Give me some water. So I'm spo- I don't have any water, but I have something <laughs> close. I have something Sorry. close. <coughs> you give a lot of fuck. Yeah, apparently. I should have brought my own water. Rookie move. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Built. Built. That's Podcast cool. sponsored by Built. Uh, so it's like a Gatorade. But they use like beet sugar that's manipulated a little bit. So it's good. The sugar, like the carbohydrates, don't count as much as normal carbohydrates. And if you read the ingredients, it's all vegetables and like. Dude, it's got like a curve on the back showing me where I'll end up if I drink yeah. this. I like where I yeah. end up. You're not gonna versus like the normal curve. The good spot. The, yeah, you're yeah, like, oh, that, the bottom. that. It looks like a crash on that on that one curve. Now it's a really good product. That's um, cool. This is yours or sponsored by? Sponsored by it. Yep. Awesome. Really cool company. It's because uh, Gatorade's mostly just sugar, and like yeah. people don't know that. Yeah, um, it's like, like sugar, sugar and electrolytes. Yeah. That tastes like sugar, but the carbohydrates. I think they call them like smart carb technology, where it doesn't, it doesn't just spike. It's like a longer lasting carbohydrate, and it doesn't count macro wise. The same. That's good normal. too. So yeah. Yeah. And it has, dude. If you take not right now, but later on, like read the ingredients. It's just, it's like every vegetable ever put all together. <laughs> nice. Like it's pretty intense. That's so. cool. So where was I? Um, oh, so I was thinking of an idea of what to do. So I, yeah. these, these, um, I just had an idea for, for building like a kit for pitch decks. Cause mm-hmm. that, that I was literally Googling this and the closest thing I could find this is a couple of years ago was, um, for graphic design firms. Yeah. And so I took that and I built my own out of it okay. and kind of like learned how to do it. They had some good literature, but dude, this was like for a graphic design firm. Um, I think it cost me like $300 okay. and it wasn't even the right product. Yeah. Um, but I learned some things from it. And so here we are three days, three years later, hadn't even thought about like making my own version, but I'd gotten pretty good at doing them and I was kind of hammering them out, you mm-hmm. know, spending an hour or two on them instead of two to three days. Um, and again, I'm not a designer. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'll make, maybe I'll make one of these and sell them. Asked a couple of friends, just, you know, always looking for holes. People to say, no, that's going to be a really crappy idea. And I didn't get any of that. They were all like, yeah, that sounds great, dude. Like, you know, a lot of people didn't need it. Or a lot of people were like, dude, I don't even do that. I would buy it. Um, 
And so I, I built this set of three um, basically pitch deck templates for, uh, it's basically designed for photographers, filmmakers, or writers, mm -hmm. people who do creative work. Um, there's three different designs. And then I built, it's like a 10 page walkthrough that it's like, not like an ebook, but it's shorter than that. But it basically goes through every section and says like, this is what I put in here. Here's why, keep it short. Here's what the structure should be so that you don't have to bang your head against the wall. Cause like, look, if you're a good photographer or filmmaker, sitting down and making a pitch deck yeah. is not what you do. Mm -hmm. That part sucks. No, that's the part you're bad at. And you know, you're so bad at it that you're probably not doing it, mm -hmm. that you're probably wishing you could get the project. You see all your, you know, the people that you want to be having, but you've never, you don't have an agent and your agent's not going to build this anyway. You just like, basically you've come up with a barrier. And I was like, dude, this is the way that I got over the barrier. This is the way with this right here. And it's so good that I literally have used it. I used it when I said I stayed up till one o'clock in the morning, mm -hmm. building deck for Honda that, that an agency wanted. I used my own pitch deck kit. I love it. Yeah. I haven't done, I've seen it, but I haven't downloaded it because I don't pitch to anybody. I'll but I am curious. You don't have send to send it to me. I'll buy it. Just, I'll send it to you. It's not a big deal. We're right. talking about it right now. You okay. deserve it. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, no, it's no big thing. And, and uh, I mean, like I've got it on sale right now. It's like, I think it's a normally $79 or something like that. Mm -hmm. But it's, I think I got a 39 for a little bit longer. But it really, dude, if you get one job, this is nothing. Oh yeah, it pays for itself. Dude, it doesn't matter yeah. who you are. You could get a $200 job for your like local flower shop, you know, shooting some sort of like scene where like, there's a couple falling in love at a park bench. Mm -hmm. $200. You've already paid for this thing. So that's, that's my goal was to that's come cool. up with a, with a product um, that, that I felt actually scratched my own itch and helped people. That wasn't a preset. You didn't click it and go like, ah. But, you know, it's not for everybody. Like, it's not as much of a vanity product. Like, if mm -hmm. you shoot photos on your iPhone and you want to be famous on Instagram, you're probably buying presets. If you shoot photos on your phone and you want to be famous on Instagram, you're probably not buying this. But I didn't care because I thought it would help people. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Hmm. I'm curious. I'm curious looking at it, how it would translate to the fitness industry. I'm curious now too. I'm curious. I just, cause it, cause the same thing. It's, it's, I get people that approach us all the time and there's, they just don't know. They have no idea. And I think back to the, the original time that, um, when Dana was looking for sponsorships Yeah. and it was like, okay, cool. Here's, her three most recent Instagram video, or her, her not Instagram. I guess her, here's her numbers on MySpace, maybe, I guess it was, <laughs> yeah. uh, prior to Facebook. Here's three video clips that did pretty well. You know, like YouTube videos with 15,000 views 12 years ago, yeah. which was like yeah. huge, yeah, colossal massive. numbers. Um, and then like, here's her stats, a headshot and something else. And I would just like send it to the company. Yeah. And now thinking back now, it's like, oh man, that wasn't tailored. It wasn't. No. Like it was that just, worked back then too. I just gathered information. It didn't work for her <laughs> and I just <laughs> sent it, but I didn't realize that, you know, if I did get a response back, a lot of the people were like, well, she doesn't have the right look because she looks too masculine or she doesn't look bikini body enough or feminine enough. And like, I never even thought if I would have just tailored to be like, Hey, listen, everyone in the industry looks exactly the same. And then like, this is why you should use her. This is how she'd fit. And I, I told like one paragraph of a story, she, it would have like changed the direction of her yeah. life. You know what I mean? But yeah. I just didn't have that paragraph saying like, hey, listen, you have six models that are, you guys are sponsoring. They all look exactly the same. Yeah. Here's someone who covers this whole, like just 
explained it to them instead of them looking at it and going by that first knee jack jerk reaction of like doesn't fit our brand yeah you, you went from from just like saying like you know introduction spammed spammed him mm -hmm. like introduction to, to dana instead of being like hey guys i got this thing for you here's the story i want to tell you take five minutes look through this it's going to be an easy read so that's kind of what i go through with the with the um, design guide is basically I, I walk you through like here's why you start out with your synopsis mm -hmm. because we got to get people to read this whole thing so your title has to be the synopsis of the project it has to get you uh, in the door, basically. It's gotta be professionally designed. I didn't design these. I had a designer do it. Paid a lot of money to do it. Yeah. Um, it, it's gotta get people to actually turn the page to the next thing. And what you're looking at is is kind of the next step versus sending them an email with information is like, oh, this person actually cares. They actually, they actually are professional and they understand that I've gotta give this document to my boss to get a yes. And I'm not giving them, I'm not giving my boss an email. He doesn't wanna read one. Mm -mm. You know, he doesn't want to look at like screenshots of stats. He's not doing that. Yeah. So like, that's kind of how I built it. Year, years and years of sending the wrong pitch to people, getting no, then having the balls to ask them why they said no. Mm. And saying, hey, can you give me some feedback on why this wasn't a fit? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and just like learning like, okay, they're not really going to tell me that my pitch is shitty, but basically what they're telling me is that they get a lot of these which means that mine doesn't stand out yep. and that um, they weren't interested in pursuing this further. So it just wasn't getting further enough, far enough down the pipeline. It wasn't making it to the VP of marketing or it wasn't making it to the founder of the company yeah. because it wasn't good enough for the, you know, the new marketing guy to hand to the founder of the company mm -hmm. and be like, Hey, check this out. This is awesome. And no, like basically the guy that you're sending this to or gal, they're running an Instagram or they're the marketing person who's getting the social media re requests you're probably not in most cases reaching the owner. Mm -mm. Um, that person is not going to forward this on unless it makes their, them look good and is gonna ensure that A, they keep their job or B, they get promoted. Yeah. Okay, so you gotta think of that when you build this. Like you're not actually selling your ability to make this company millions. You're selling your ability to be trustworthy enough to hand to the owner of the company so that that person can get hired mm -hmm. or, or another job that's better than this one or get promoted in this exact job, mm -hmm. okay? So you're, you need to set these people up to win. Otherwise, they're not gonna be on your side. You need to build an ally. And that's this is how you do that. So I kind of walk through like, you know, the information that they need to be an ally, deliverables. Yeah. And I, I walk you through um, distribution and I walk you through your bio and I walk you through how to tell the story in a way that's intriguing of what you're wanting yeah, to do. Yeah, anyone looking by, by this, they should buy this 100%. I'm not talking to you anymore. I'm talking to the people through the microphone. You guys should buy this because like thinking about it from that perspective, it's cool to think how to get past that barrier. Cause I have three people that intercept things. Yeah, of course. And nothing ever makes it to me. Nothing. No, nothing but the and best every ones. once in a while I'm like, Hey man, why haven't we got any applications recently? And they're like, uh, there wasn't any, I'm like, Oh yeah, sure. Show me them. And they show me like the top five. And I'm like, Oh, whoa. Garbage. If you would have brought that to me, I would have thought <laughs> yeah, that you're not you, doing your job. Yeah, that maybe I shouldn't let you do this anymore. Yeah, right. Okay, so, that's a, yeah. so that's just how organizations work, so that they mm -hmm. can be efficient. It's not nefarious. It's just, um, dude. If you've, I mean, if you've ever been in your position or like, you know, I was general manager at this vacation rental company. I can't tell you how many companies wanted us to sponsor them or give them free nights, or even influencers would reach out and be like, "Hey, we'd love to." I can't be looking at all that stuff. I got a company to run. So you have this. You, you build these barriers, and not barriers, they're, they're basically filters. Yeah, a little firewall. Yeah, so that the, only the good stuff gets through. Mm -hmm. And this is how to like make sure that your idea, um, your idea still 
more than 50% of the time, it's not going to work. These pitch deck kits are not going to increase your sales rate to 100%. <laughs> okay. What they're going to do is just make sure that if you do have a good idea that does mesh with this company, mm-hmm. that it's going to reach the right person. And yeah, that person that. is going to be able to make a decision based on what they see here. So yeah. So they, that's, that's what they're for. And uh, for me, they really work, but, uh, I really hope that they help people get to that next level because again, it doesn't, you don't need Instagram followers for these pitches yeah, very true. to work. Instagram followers no longer, I think do it for me. So like, for example, my, uh, we have these ambassadors, right? Promo codes, simple stuff. Our highest seller is a girl who has like 600 followers. And one of my uh, customer service reps said, um, they're like, yeah, I don't know how she does it. I'm like, well, how many sales does she get a month? And it, let's just say a hundred. And they're like, a hundred. And these people with a hundred thousand don't get that many. Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, she has 600 people that follow her and they all that she communicates it. with yeah. that she can convert. And the person with a hundred thousand is just a random person that everyone follows. Cause you know, whatever. Yeah. The and stuff it looks good. But it's, they don't uh, them. yeah, it's, it's amazing that if you can actually speak to people, how much more you can accomplish. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And that's part of why I branch out. That's, that's where the, the, uh, the YouTube and, and mm-hmm. writing and other things come in is, you know, even though I think I only got like 1500 followers and not subscribers, not even maybe on YouTube, but I don't care because what I, mm-hmm. I like, I like to, to connect with people on YouTube. It gives them a, a broader, if you're interested, gives a broader perspective, you know, for like the last two and a half years, I've written a newsletter every single month. Mm-hmm. There's only like a thousand subs there, but those are the people that really want to mm-hmm. hear from me. Yeah. You know, those are the people and that I think actually that, care. Uh, there's an element too of like influencing influencers. It's like Austin just, we, I got to call in eight minutes and Austin just pulled up. And like when it's Austin's birthday on Instagram, everyone that wishes him a happy birthday is like 1 million followers, 3 million followers. Yeah. So it's like he only has 20,000, but like the people that follow him yeah. are all the tops of the industry. Yeah. And it's like, I think that's something with your YouTube is like, yeah, you have the attention of like legit people. So you may not have, you know, that hundred thousand view video where they're like, I can't watch those videos with a lot of people that you watch them and we're not really accomplishing anything. And it's just following you through your day. And it's like, how do people watch? I don't want to say like, I've never watched a Logan Paul video, but like what I would imagine his videos to be like, I don't know what we're really doing. We're just sort of, you're funny and whatever. (laughs) And for you, I watch it and I identify with it. I'm like, this is cool. I'm inspired. Like all these things happen inside of me. So maybe it's only however many views, but like, I think the quality of viewership, I don't know. I I think it's better, you know? Yeah. And like when, when it's his birthday, the, the quality of commenters, they're high profile people. And yeah. it's like, well, yeah, he has the attention of really important people because yeah. people know who he is. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, dude, we, that's an hour and 16 minutes, which <laughs> I've never done this long before this easy. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. I'm, 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 it's people cool. People have blamed me of being a talker before. <laughs> no, it's, it's good. It's good. Um, uh, yeah, it was a different, it was a different type of podcast. I've never talked about this is what I do. products I before. Yeah. I've never had a product to sell. So I appreciate you giving me a voice it's cool. for that. And when I saw you, cause I was thinking, I was like, Oh, who'd I bring on? And it didn't really make sense, but I was like, well, no, he has a product. And then as I took a step back and I was like, he doesn't seem like a businessman, like the typical businessman, not that my podcast is about business or about fitness, but you don't seem like that. But I thought about it a little bit. I was like, no, that's exactly what he is. Like freelancer, it's the same thing as the athletes trying to get sponsorships. Like it's networking, it's all those things. And like from the outside, you've mastered all that and you're doing what you want to do. And I think that 
I haven't like defined my mission statement for the podcast, but that's what I do. It's like, I only want to do what I want. Yeah. And I want to try to figure out how to get other people to figure out how to do what they want. Yeah. Or yeah. figure out what they think they want that they actually don't want once they do it so <laughs> yeah. that they can start over. Yeah. But at least yeah, but to move, make yeah, to make moves, yeah. man. And I think that that's something I see you doing is constantly making moves, being happy and doing what you want is dope. Appreciate it, man. So how do people get let's do information? How do they find you? At Isaac S is in Sam Johnston on everything. Okay, cool. Isaac S. Johnston. So it's the same across the board. Yeah. All right, I'll put that um I'll probably use your Instagram name in the title, maybe. Cool. Is that better than your real name? Well, I, I, I think it's name? all the same name. Yeah, all right, cool. <laughs> I'll do that. Um, and they can filter through your Instagram to pretty much get everything else. Yeah, everything's else there. I got, like, the link tree and all that. So cool. you can do oh, that yeah. or, you know, just search Isaac Isaac Johnston on. It just comes up everywhere. Yeah. Luckily, it's it's a, it's a pretty common name, but not one in the in the creator space. So oh, I like you search it. search for Isaac Johnston, you'll find it. Cool. Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Thank you, dude. All right, everybody, signing off.